We should be underway. Dr. Kalude, thank you for coming out and joining me on the third party show today. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm fine. Fine. And I, I like this peaceful environment around a, us. It is a lot quieter than in the city, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. I was just talking to my daughter about that last night. We lived in the city for a while when she was young and she forgets, she doesn't remember the buses and the people coming home drunk and the trucks and the rubbish trucks and that sort of thing happening all the time. Yeah. It's very quiet out here. Um, hey, look, I just wonder if we could maybe start off for our audience, if you could give them a little bit of your of your background, your your history in your in your career in mathematics and what brought you into that field. Oh, uh, well, I, I, I sort of liked mathematics from very, very early uh, childhood. Uh, but of course, I didn't, I didn't know that I will have uh, a job in, in, in this area. And uh, more than a job, it's, uh, it's, uh, if you know, it's a superposition of job and, 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 uh, and hobby. Yeah. And, and, That's a good place to be. If you're, if you're interested in your job, that's a good way to enjoy your work. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, sometimes I, I I say that well, uh, at my age, you know, it doesn't matter if I get paid for this or not. I will do it anyway because I love it. Yeah, perfect. That's good. Yeah, and so from from a child, from being young, you enjoyed mathematics, and you made the decision. Did you do go into mathematics, or did you look to do something else no, first? No, no, no decision. I, well, uh, my father was a lawyer, and you know sometimes it's a expectation in lawyers' family to follow the steps of the father, and uh, he would have life me maybe to be a writer, but uh, no, that was mathematics and. Uh, um, I had some some friends when we were quite uh, well in intermediate uh, uh, school, and we we got into mathematics myself and hooked, not because of the school mathematics. I didn't hate it, but I was completely neutral to the mathematics uh, I learned from school. I was interested in popular writings about mathematics and mathematicians. And uh, especially a book uh, was very, very uh, influential of me when, when I was 14. Uh, it was written by a, a Hungarian mathematician, a lady quite prominent in, a, in an area where I have spent many years later on. And uh, it's uh, The Game with Infinity. So if you ask me just one uh, reason I am interested in mathematics is infinity. Yeah, it's a, it's a question which just goes on and on like its name to try and understand it or think about it. Yes, and, and it, it's also a, a, a question which is not only mathematical, it is, uh, you, you know, again, using uh, this proposition from quantum physics uh, is from mathematics, but from uh, uh, philosophy, from, from theology, so from many, many angles you can look at the infinity and then you can uh, get a lot of uh, rewards and pleasure. Is there, is there different types of infinity? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, so... Uh, uh, there is a uh, uh, in, in, in mathematics, you, you know, the smallest infinity is the infinity of natural numbers. And it is called a, a countable, uh, countable uh, set because you can count on your fingers. Mm -hmm. It never ends. Yeah. 
but uh, then uh, there are larger infinities. For instance, the set of real numbers is much, much uh, larger than the set of uh, natural numbers. So you, you see, uh, if, if uh, uh, the real should be the Pacific Ocean, uh, this, this small cap of coffee would be the natural numbers. Mm. And this, this kind of process goes on forever. There is no, no largest infinite set. It just continues on. And is that, is that provable? Has it been proven? Of course. Of is- Cantor, Cantor, who was the uh, German mathematician who started uh, uh, thinking about uh, sets, he also had uh, uh, a procedure to, to generate uh, uh, more large and larger sets. So you take a set, say, of natural numbers, and then you take the set of all subsets of natural numbers. And you get something much bigger. And then for this one, you can do it forever. And it can continue forever, so it becomes infinite. Yes, and, 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 and larger. And like, of course, yes. So this is, so this is making a jump to something I was going to talk about later on, but it's just it's making me think of it now. So is the flip side to this, the fact that there, are, there, is, there is this infinite growth in infinite sets, is this somehow related to incompleteness? In the well, uh, in a sense, it is related. Uh, uh, but I will I will give you um, uh, another example, which is also very very uh, uh, close to my heart, uh, is randomness. So, uh, uh, well, uh, you look at uh, you know strings of random bits, zeros and one, or infinite sequences. And you ask yourself, you know, which ones will be random, which ones will not be random. And uh, um, I spent many years in a theory which is called algorithmic information theory, which is a theory which studies exactly uh, 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 randomness of objects, individual objects. And there you have something very interesting. First of all, there is no true or perfect randomness. This will correspond to, in terms of infinities, largest infinite set. Would be a random set. If you had real randomness, you'd have the largest infinite set to achieve that real randomness. Yes. So so there is no true randomness. So we have to live with the fact there are degrees of randomness. Mm -hmm. But like like infinities, there are more and more uh, random Sets, sets. Uh, strings, or sequences, or sets, and so that lack of randomness does that have an impact upon things like encryption? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I just uh, read before last night in the New Scientist uh, an article about uh, uh, the claims that quantum quantum computing can derail uh, our. Methods of security, and whether this is true, this is coming very fast, or uh, maybe for next generations. Yes, randomness is something which is uh, extremely important in lots of things. So there's the the quantum computing then, because there is talk of it being able to break the encryption that we use today are you suggesting that it, it will it can or because there's not we because we don't have this complete randomness there will be limits to quantum computing 
cracking encryptions? Well, we, we can we can talk about this, but uh, uh, um, one one single problem is uh, uh, probably the most interesting and most critical for uh, you, you know the possibility of cracking uh, uh, encryption. Uh, methods is the problem of uh, uh, factoring. So you 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 have, uh, uh, for instance, uh, number uh, thirteen. Well, it is a prime, only one and thirteen, but fifteen is three times five. So uh, um, and the one of the important and most useful uh, uh, method of encryption is based on uh, uh, this uh, uh, belief. You, you know, uh, belief is not yeah. mathematical. It's not, it's, yeah, it's not scientific. It's a no, belief. It's yeah. a belief and it was, well, it, it's uh, something uh, which is every day uh, confirmed and, but yeah. not proved that uh, uh, it is impossible to find mathematical methods or algorithms to of a factor in, in, in reasonable time, very large numbers. That is impossible. That's the belief that it, it's that's, impossible. That's, that's impossible. And, uh, and once again, nobody proved this. But it seems that way from what we experience and what we think. It's, we think that's the case. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, 30 years ago, sure, uh, a mathematician at Bell Lab in the US uh, discovered a quantum algorithm which it's fast in, in, in solving this problem, in, in factoring, right? And uh, uh, you ask uh, probably immediately this question, so, so how, how, how this uh, uh, implies for our uh, security? If they have this, this algorithm, why, does it, way of why, why they don't use it? Yeah. Oh, that's a, it's a very interesting question because uh, there are many mathematical subtleties, but uh, the, um, uh, there are two uh, important uh, facts here. Number one is that uh, uh, this algorithm cannot uh, deal with very large numbers. It didn't do this 30 years, and even today it's very limited. So uh, when we are, we are looking at... Uh, uh, numbers when binary would be huge, this algorithm is, is not, uh, is not, not practical, use, not, not, practical. Not, not practical for the time being. But uh, uh, what I was saying about uh, uh, last night, there is a, a, a recent, a recent, uh, recent means December last year, article by a, a team of Chinese mathematicians and, and, and uh, computer scientists, which they, they uh, uh, improved this algorithm in a very uh, uh, natural way for the evolution of quantum computing. When we will discuss about a bit about quantum computing, I will tell you the pluses and the minuses. But uh, this, these people have a kind of hybrid uh, uh, algorithm which uses, in some parts, classical computing, in some parts, uh, a short algorithm. And they, they claim, they claim that uh, they, uh, 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 this one could be the key 
for this. This one could deal with the big numbers in in, in, in time. In, in, short in time. time. Well, in the near future. Uh, but there are many, many mathematical issues. So, uh, of course, uh, when uh, you claim such a thing, and they have some, some uh, 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 results, uh, I, I, I noted they, they uh, were able to factor a 48-bit number. I can tell, I, I can, uh, tell you the number. 261 <laughs> <laughs> And they could factor that to all of its factors? They, they factor with a, a, a very simple 10 qubits quantum computer. But once again, uh, with... A, clever uh, improvement of offshore algorithm. Now, of course, this created a, a quite of uh, interest and, and fear, uh, of course, and because they, they, they expect they expect that uh, uh, to break the actual codes, we'll need a, a 2048-bit number. And in their estimation, from 10, they have to go to 372 qubits, which actually has been already practically achieved. IBM has a 433 qubits quantum computer. So this is a fear. So let's let's just, if we can, just dive into that a, a little bit then, because there's one of the questions I wanted to ask you. So what is the... What is the what is the material the, the the physical properties of the quantum computer that say is different to a regular classical computer which we're probably all aware of which has got transistors and diodes and things like that what what are the qubits what are those well uh, well uh, uh, first of all um, probably you have heard uh, and uh, well, you are an IT you know much 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 better than me many have things about how you know the inner computer work. I, I am a mathematician, so I, 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 I reason about uh, uh, how this machine works. But, you know, uh, in my uh, Apple Watch, there is no bit. In your computer uh, over there, there is no bit. There are only classical systems which can be in two states, yes. zero and one, and then you do this. Now, uh, in quantum computing, Qubits uh, are the analogs of bits. So you have qubit 1 and qubit 0. But qubits in quantum physics are uh, very strange uh, objects. So um, to give you just a very uh, uh, simple uh, uh, glance at, at this uh, fantastic world, so these qubits can be not in when I say uh, uh, zero qubit and zero, one qubit, they could be in a superposition of zero and one, and in a, a, an, an infinity, a uncountable superposition. So you, you know, let's, let's think about, for instance, uh, the uh, the interval, real interval zero one, or the real numbers, right? So zero qubit and one qubit are the poles, and every other qubit is a superposition of them. So between zero and one, you can divide that up into an infinite number of slices, which would be the su possible superpositions uh, uh, of the qubit. Yeah, and, 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 and the, the, the qubit, the qubit, 
uh, a, a qubit which is a superposition of zero and one uh, qubits, this superposition is somehow undeterministic. It, when you measure the qubit, you get always a zero and a one. So, so uh, the whole thing about quantum computing is, uh, uh, an, if you wish, an imaginary uh, mathematical environment where you can use, if you are capable, you, you can use all these superpositions mm. and uh, uh, to do and, computations. And then you just, when you're ready to measure, you condense them down into the zero, zero or one. But you've actually got this whole range of numbers to do your calculations with prior to that exactly. con condensation or reduction. I will give you an example. Say you have a, a, a formula with n variables, zeros and one, and you want to know whether if you put... Uh, uh, at least one combination because you have n variables, you have two to the n combinations, right? So you ask yourself, is there a combination of zeros and one which makes this formula true or not? Now, classically, classically, you have to generate all to the, uh, to to the, the part the n. n, yes, yeah. uh, and, and check. Uh, quantum mechanically, you make it a superposition. And, and and if you are smart enough, you you show how to do this uh, uh, with working with all the combination at one, and at the end you measure and you say yes, yes or no. Wow, it's um, thinking about that the way those qubits work reminds me of how uh, neural artificial neural networks work in the way where you have all of your you know, little, um, computational units which are connected to one another and they give you probabilities. So that they don't really give a hard zero or one, or they do. They have a function at the end which will convert them to a zero or one, but really they're working out on an analog sort of scale, which they think there's like a cell does. It sounds very similar, like you've got this time of these the it's range. A, it's a, uh, uh, right. Uh, uh, but and here uh, uh, the, the problem is, uh, uh, yes, to, to make use of this huge amount of information, and then you know it's like imaginary, and do something with this, and uh, and uh, at the end to extract mm. from what you have done in mm. this imaginary to give you a zero and one on, on the table. Again, it makes me think of another like mathematical approach. I know it's completely different, but this 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 blew my mind when I first encountered these things at university, which was Laplace transforms, mm, yeah. where you try to solve something and in using your normal algebra to do it, you, you can't do it. It's just too complex. It's too hard. But then you just transform things and suddenly you end up with these simple blocks that you can do simple mathematics with, transform them back and you've got your answer. It seems kind of similar in a way. Well, you, you, you know, mathematics is to a large extent the uh, capacity of uh, saying this object is similar to this object. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, you start with an object where you ask a question, and that question is, is very difficult to, 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 to answer. But then, then you transform it, as you said, in something which is equivalent, but yeah. that question 
becomes very simple yeah. in, in its new formulation. So analogies, analogies between, between results, analogies between theories, this is one of the uh, engine of, of creativity in mathematics. One of the tools of solving these things. And part of the beauty of mathematics is, is that thinking of something in a different way, taking this object, transforming it, or thinking of it in a different way, which is, but it's still analogous, and then being able to work on it with comprehensible and usable tools. Well, just jumping uh, uh, a bit to the discussion, you asked me about the parity games and our, our solution. Uh, uh, and and uh, there, the situation was the same. So uh, among the team of five, only one one author was uh, uh, aware and was interested in the problem. No, nobody else. And he uh, pushed and pushed us to think. And and uh, at, at the end of the day, the solution came because we th we uh, uh, thought about this problem in. Uh, uh, completely different terms in the terms of computability theory, two of the others uh, were sort of uh, uh, very, uh, very uh, experts, if you wish. So uh, we, we look at ups and down yeah. and, and, and used a tool nobody yeah. uh, uh, considered to, to use. So th this is like the, the evolution in the way that we think about things like space time and and reality too where i guess you know like we look at the um you know, the, the standard model for physics and how that that's a, a a model it's something we hold in our mind of how we believe the universe works but if you then over time evolve and change the way you see that model you can get better results and again it's just it's just it's transferring the way you think about something to get it to align with what you see. Yeah, that's that's uh, uh, how how things uh, um, you you know Sometimes, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, produce produce results, so especially for 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 problems which are very long on the open on the market, not not solved, well, and and people try, 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 and at some stage somebody says, "Well, what about this?" Yes. And I said, oh no, 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 no relation. And it might work. It might. They might have just seen something that is similar from a different view. Yes. So. Quantum physics, then, can you tell me a little bit about that? How, how, it, how it applies to computing and what? Well, you... well uh, um, um, yes, well, uh, some of my friends uh, in, in, in quantum physics says that everything is quantum and, and what the universe will leave uh, is just, uh, you, you know, um, a specific uh, part of, of this. But anyway, uh, um, this is a, a very, very strange country, if you wish, quantum physics, with very strange uh, uh, um, phenomena. And uh, only, only in the 80s, three people, um, specifically uh, 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 Russian mathematicians, who is uh, uh, a friend, uh, uh, Professor Yuri Manin, now in, in, in Bonn, uh, and 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 the well-known Feynman quantum physicists, they came from different points of view on and and they um, ask and answer the following question: 
you have very, very sophisticated, complex uh, quantum systems, and you want to simulate them. Now, in order to simulate them, you can use classical computers, uh, but to do this, you need a lot of theory, a lot of understanding about the quantum systems you want to simulate, and it's uh, it's this uh, knowledge will be incorporated in, in, in the algorithm to simulate. And this algorithm will be complicated, will take a long time. So what's their idea was, what about if I have a quantum algorithm which is inside the same uh, weird yeah. uh, country, if you wish, and would it be possible to do it faster because this guy does not necessarily need to understand the theory of yeah. the environment because he is it, it is in the environment yeah this again this draws parallels with what i see now with um ai image processing where you can say to some of the like dali and different um image text to image processing tools you say okay give give me a picture of two men sitting down at a table talking having a podcast and it will generate an image that will look something like this believably like this and it will get things right like the the light coming from it'll choose where a light source is and it will display our us properly now the, what's amazing to me about that is that that piece of software that's able to produce that image in which to us looks correct. It's never been told about ray shading and light sources and no, where... No theory. No, no theory. How to, how to calculate that. Yeah, that, that sort of stuff is really quite amazing. Like when I first learned how they trained some of the early AI to play computer games, they don't give them any of the rules of the computer games. They let them watch video they see a screenshot of the game, yeah. and then they let this AI make a choice. Either go left or go right. And if it goes left and left was the wrong move, it loses a point. It's you know, negative, negatively reinforced. So next time it goes right. And after a million tries, it has just evolved a machine to play that game and understand the game and just play it naturally. Like the way water will just run down a hill naturally, this neural network now just plays that game naturally. It's amazing. Yeah. But but the is a uh, question is you you know can you go past this mm. game uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, simulation and and do it uh, uh, in a different way yeah. and and uh, uh, well uh, um, I I will there is another another analogy with quantum computing so. Uh, Quantum computing, in comparison with classical computing, is non-deterministic. So you expect, if you run a program on your machine today and tomorrow and or on the different machines, the results will be the same if the input will be the same, yes. right? Because it's, well, of course, those machines may crash, but but, yes. but by and large... That's, that's your expectation. That's yes. the expectation, and everything else is uh, uh, an exception. Um, yeah. Well, uh, uh, quantum algorithms are probabilistic. So they give you the result with a probability. Mm. And one important thing people don't know or don't uh, take into consideration is even uh, uh, an algorithm which gives you on a quantum algorithm, a solution with probability one is not 100% sure. Yeah. Because probability one doesn't mean 
correct mm. uh, rephrase. Probability zero doesn't mean impossible. Mm. There are things which, which are uh, uh, still possible or uh, uh, tolerated even in this extreme situation. And because I guess the next time you might run that on the quantum computer, that calculation, you might not get one. Oh, absolutely. You, you, it's 0.998 this time and then 0.996 the next time. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. all the time, uh, 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 yes. Uh, and this is, uh, of course, uh, there are probabilistic algorithms too uh, for classical uh, computers. And uh, uh, there too, you know, you run the, the program with the same... Uh, input and now you get something and tomorrow you get a different answer. So are there particular types of problems that quantum computers are best suited to? Well, uh, uh, yes, there, there, there are uh, the, the problem, one of the problem, well, two problems, if you wish, from a mathematician. Now, then the number one problem is the following. And I, I, I'm, I'm talking now about these two uh, models which are on the market now. There are two big models. The biggest is a quantum computer based on quantum gates. And uh, uh, this is by far the most uh, mathematically and uh, research and applications on the market uh, in the last uh, decade. Uh, and uh, there is a second one, which is uh, uh, quantum annealing, and there is only one company in the world, it's called D-Wave from Canada, producing them, which, uh, which uh, uh, does quantum uh, computing in a different way. So if we talk about these two uh, uh, models of, of computation, both of them are uh, probabilistic. And uh, uh, question number one. Can one of these two types of models compute more than classical machines? Now, uh, I have to tell you that if I, 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 with analogy with Pacific Ocean, we are in the middle of Pacific Ocean, if, if, if the ocean would be the set of all mathematical problems which can be solved by computers. Classical computers? Oh. All. 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 Be, uh, uh, how much of this ocean can be solved by classical machines? I have, I have no idea. I lead it exactly this cup of tea, of coffee. And quantum can solve the rest. A of and that. the question is, is it... quantum can do more. Ah. And the answer is, no, no. Actually, quant these two models of quantum computing compute less than the classical machines. Ah, but and, uh, and and uh, the for the experts the answer is motivated because uh, all, every function computed by quantum uh, computer or quantum algorithm is total. So this means you are not not uh, able to calculate functions which in some point they are undefined. Example. Divide x by y, x and y num uh, uh, natural numbers. If y is zero, it's undefined. No, no quantum computer can compute this function. Hmm. So, okay, they compute less. So now you say, why so much money? So why so much interest in them? 
if yes, they, com they yes. don't compute more, actually they compute less. Well, the answer is because there is a belief, there is a belief that some category of interesting and practically important questions could be solved faster yeah. by quantum algorithms than classical algorithms. So like we were saying before for the encryption, trying to break encryption, that particular problem, quantum computers might solve that faster. So they can't do other things. Maybe they don't do image processing or whatever it might be like a normal classical computer does. But that problem where Which it would take it us... very important. Very important. It would take us forever to do with classical computing techniques. Quantum might yeah. do it in a week or two hours or whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can see the benefit The benefit in that. Go going back, though, to the um, the undefined pr problems, but can a classical computer compute a result for an undefined? Oh, yeah, sure, it's because it can, okay. it can loop it forever on, on, on an input, say, three and divide it by zero. Right. So it will compute. Uh, a classical uh, computer can do this uh, uh, very easily, naturally. A quantum one cannot nice. even deal with this. Ah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. So there must be some problems, though, like we're saying, obviously encryption. There must be some of these practical applications which are of interest because it does seem like it's billions of dollars of research going into quantum computing. Yes, and, and, and uh, there is a, a, a trend of, of research in which... Uh, millions, if not billions, of money has been poured in the last decade. And this is uh, um, into what is called nowadays quantum advantage. I will, I will say a few words about this. So, uh, okay, we know and we believe that some, some, some problems will be solved faster with quantum. What does it mean, this, mathematically? Mathematically, uh, the uh, formulation of this question implies two steps. So you have a problem. You have a fast quantum algorithm which solves the problems. So this is the first condition. Mm -hmm. But you have second, a proof that no classical algorithm can match it. Uh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. If, it's, if it's superior, yeah. right? And uh, actually, there is only a single problem which is in this category. Which, which has the proof uh, attached. Yeah, exactly. And this problem was, uh, is a very unnatural problem. The algorithm is called Grover's algorithm. It's already uh, uh, almost 30 years uh, old. Grover's was a, a researcher in Bell Lab uh, at that stage. And the problem is the following. You have the phone uh, directory. We don't have it anymore, but uh, the, imagine. The big yellow book, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, My you, kids have got no idea what no, it is. No, okay. <laughs> so uh, if I give you uh, 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 an, a name in, in this uh, uh, and, and say, is this uh, uh, name there and tell me the telephone number, mm -hmm. it's easy because you divide and because uh, basically the telephone uh, directory is ordered alphabetically. Right. Start in the middle. Is it higher or lower? Yeah, da, 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 da. logarithm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, but if I give you a, a big such uh, book and I give you a an, an telephone number and ask, so, is there is a person 
having this telephone number. Now you've got to search everything because it's not ordered. Yeah, 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 it's because it's not ordered. You have to, uh, and it, for instance, if it's not, the answer is no. No, no, no person has this number. Yeah. You have to go through all of them. them. Yes. You might get lucky if the number is there. You could even fluke it on the first look. Yes. But it could take you until the second That's last it. look to determine it. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, Grover's algorithm solves this in, uh, uh, with an improvement, a polynomial improvement, not a huge improvement in, fa- uh, in, in uh, speed, uh, uh, this, this question. And it has uh, proof that no classical algorithm can match it. Mm. Now, uh, uh, why I said that the uh, uh, problem is not that, uh, how to say, uh, natural, because uh, a natural solution would be you are an IT, you, because I ordered the other uh, no, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is done only once, yeah. right? And, and then I do it uh, quickly. Yeah. Oh, the good point is, is that this algorithm, which is uh, originally was designed for this unnatural question, is useful in, in, in uh, image processing. And uh, Yeah, well, there would be cases, though, where you don't have that ordered data set and that first time you approach it, you need to do it quickly. And I, can't, I don't know what that's going to be as an example, but it might be, might be image processing and some sort of security application where you need to very quickly be able to determine from an image yes or no about yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, Okay, so so now people, after 20, 30 years, uh, they said, well, we don't have any other examples. So uh, then they put what I like to say, a bit of water in wine. So they decrease the uh, 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 strictness of of the comparison. Uh So they say, instead of saying, the first one was called speed up. So uh, Grover's algorithm is a speed up for this problem. And once again, remember, very quick quantum solution and proof that nothing matches classically. Now, they say like this, we have a very good, uh, very quick solution, but it doesn't uh, be no classical one which is known that we know of, of uh, and uh, runs in, in, in a sort of uh, can do it. Yeah. And this was uh, 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 quantum supremacy. And even the name was com- controversial. Yeah. And, and, and in the, uh, 2019, for instance, Google uh, uh, said, we got it. And and they they have uh, the they have another problem where they've got quantum supremacy. Have they? Yeah, they claimed it. They cl- so okay. this means they have a simulation, not a problem, not a mathematical problem. A simulation exactly like what Feynman and Manning had at the beginning, which was fast. And they said it will take ten thousand of years to do it uh, uh, classically. And uh, uh, in three weeks' time, IBM came one, which is one day. Oh, wow. Because they didn't have a correct mathematical proof yeah. for the second one. Ah, right. And now uh, there are b- many others which try. Uh, uh, the name has been changed. It's called Advantage. But it, it, it gets weaker and weaker. They it easier and easier. So there's still only one problem which they've got the proof attached of, to the fact. Yeah, with speed up. The quantum can do this faster, proven than any classical system can. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, wow. And and, uh, for for me, this is interesting because uh, uh, it shows how important is a mathematical proof. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, it's it's interesting because it just the field of mathematics for for me. I'm not a mathematician at all, but I I like the way that you can sort of think about it in spatial terms in some respects, like like fields of numbers. I remember years ago hearing about, yeah, that we talk about a, a, a field, an yeah, electromagnetic field. Yeah, and if you right. think about it almost in a, well, the electromagnetic field, you can think about it in a, in a 3D sense where there are these varying values, if you wish, in, in that in that way. Um, so, so that proof, that kind of, that, that seems to highlight this one point in this field. It's like, <laughs> we know this one point. Everything else, there could be a whole heap more out here. Maybe like prime numbers we haven't found yet we haven't found them yes there's a lot to be done in that field is that the sort of things that you were doing like what do you what are you interested in and and researching and doing what areas are you interested in in this field now well uh uh well uh, you, you know one of my uh, uh interest in in, uh, in in research and i discovered I, I was not really aware till a couple of years ago when i was asked to to give a 10 minutes talk about what i've done in my life and i selected uh, 10 results and all of them i discovered without uh, you you know deliberately uh, yeah. looking for them all of them were impossibilities right so things which seem uh, to be impossible to to be done yeah. And, uh, and what sort of things, what, what are some of the things like that that were considered to be impossible and then you've discovered them? Well, uh, for, for instance, because you, 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 you uh, ask about incompleteness. Incompleteness is about uh, uh, things which, uh, well, statements which cannot be proved in a system, a formal system with some, some properties, right? And, and, and people asked uh, uh, the question, is this a, a linguistic trick or they are just peripheric? You, you know, maybe uh, just just exception. So is and, and so is the is the theorem of incompleteness that there, that there there are things that cannot be proven. It, not not no. cannot be proven. You fix the formal system, and you uh, if the system has some natural properties, there are things which can the system can talk about. You can show that the system cannot prove nor disprove it. Right. So the they system. They are uh, so, the, so the system can calculate a value or an answer for you, but that system can't give you a proof as to whether it's right or wrong. Or well, okay. Okay. So is that where we might need to start to possibly here use things like? a quantum computing system to provide proofs for some classical areas because it's outside of the classical system. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, 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 you ask a, a result. So the question was, for such a system, these uh, uh, undecidable sentences are small, peripheric. I prove that they are very large. Ah. So this is, you, you, you know, it's, it's not just an exception. It's, it's the norm. Yeah. So how does, that must feel good if you're working away at this and suddenly, like when you get to the day where you write it down, it all lines up and makes sense, the proof. And like, do you jump up and down? Do you, who do you tell? Do you, what happens when you prove something like that? Oh, I, I, I would say, uh, at the beginning, I said, when I'm starting to become boring, we stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I I do something which is very boring, and I realized it's boring only no. when 
I do this in in my sleep. <laughs> this isn't boring for me. And I had I discussed this yesterday with the, with the lady I was talking to. Um, science and mathematics, it's it's art. Like doing that. Finding a proof to something which people have thought, hey, this is in, you know, this is impossible, and then proving it. To me, looking at that, that's like someone like that's like the Eagles riding Hotel California. You know, it's like that's they had that moment where it all came together and they had this amazing, beautiful thing. But it's in a different field here. That, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like writing that, a hit song. Look, uh, when you work for uh, a proof, normally, normally uh, uh, the proof has different components, and then you you reduce, and it's very, and there is just one step, yeah. which which nags you for weeks, sometimes for years, and then. It comes during the sleep, yeah. and then that's everything falls yeah. right. And once you get it, you, you you go. How could we not see this before? How did I not think of this ten years ago? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, ah. yeah. That's well, but you run, you run. When you get it, you run to your uh, friends and you show them, and, and and because you know there is a risk that uh, this is wrong. You've missed something. You miss something, and yeah. and. Uh, or your assumptions are incorrect. Your axioms are somehow misplaced. Or. Yeah, different yeah. things, but uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, well. This is uh, I, I, I uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, can't describe the, the beauty of, of the moment. Yeah, I can imagine. I can, I can imagine what what that would be like. The beauty of that moment, yeah, of discovery. Uh, do Do you ever do you ever in your spare time play with those? five or six big mathematical problems that are still out there, the ones that get money put up to try and solve them? Do you ever no, have a look no, at them? No, or? no, because, uh, uh, you, you know, these are, uh, well, not, uh, well, sincerely, I'm not that tall to, to, to deal with them. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, well, but, but but I heard I heard a story of a, a young woman graduate researcher who solved one of the big ones recently. It was to do with... Shapes, I think, and having holes in them, and like how many holes are there within a surface? And it'd been a problem people couldn't solve. She was working in another field, and she thought, "Hang on, those manifold questions—they're just like this." They're, and and she did a little bit of research. She came back to her professor and said, um, "I think I've solved this problem." And he was like, "Yeah, sure, you have." Didn't read it. She said, "Now, can you just read my paper? I'll read the work." And he went, "Oh my god, I think you've done it." And she has. She had solved it, and it was just a different viewpoint of looking. Like we're saying before, she had a analogous view of something else which she recognised you could apply to this and that allowed the solution to happen. Yeah, sure. But uh, uh, the second uh, uh, answer is no because they are far, far away and it's it's very unlikely that, uh, you, you know, something I do could sort of say something about even yeah. small about those problems. So when we were when we we're emailing and organizing to, to catch up, you were mentioning that your your views on quantum physics aren't don't necessarily align or, and quantum computing don't necessarily align with the mainstream. What are the what are the differences in your views or what do you think are perhaps the the, the issues with the mainstream? Well, uh, one one there are more. <laughs> but one uh, one uh, uh, view I have is, is that uh, um, quantum uh, uh, algorithms by themselves will not not uh, 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 be uh, practical. So uh, and and for me there are two, uh, uh, if you wish, uh, is, uh, uh, escapes from from this number one 
is something which I, I uh, uh, well, it was my group we pioneered. We we called it dequantization. So you have you have a, a quantum algorithm, which is very very uh, complex and difficult to to uh, to run for uh, an interesting class of problems. But you look at this quantum and you construct a classical one which is as fast as the one. So, yeah. so this means a source of uh, uh, inspiration and, and, uh, and, and the possibilities of doing fast classical solutions starting from the quantum Quantum's ones. On. Ah, okay. And, and the second one, which, uh, which uh, uh, we had even a name, which was uh, 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 a colleague, uh, uh, Ned Allen from 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 uh, from US. We wrote a paper about uh, uh, classical uh, uh, algorithms. Classical. Yes, which is uh, nowadays is called, is called hybrid. Ah. And and this is what I was telling you at the beginning about the Chinese solution. Yeah. So. Uh, Quantum algorithms excel in completely different uh, uh, matters and issues from the uh, classical one. For instance, they cannot iterate something very fast like the classical machines. Ah, yeah. So uh, the idea is natural. Just combine them. Yeah, so, which I can imagine you will get in your laptops in the future. There'll be a quantum processor exactly. alongside your normal classical processor, and they'll do the jobs that they're best at. From time to time, you need it, like an yeah. oracle. Yeah. Yeah, like an oracle. And more and more, more and more interesting uh, uh, algorithms now are of this type of uh, hybrid. You and where you are, you combine. But this is not a new idea. Maybe uh, you can remember. Maybe forty years ago, and we have parallel uh, computing. That, yes. that was the same situation when yeah. uh, something was possible to be done in parallel, but uh, that specific task was just a small part in a big picture. picture. And now you're doing the parallel processing where you're using one methodology or one technique, your classical techniques, and here your quantum ones, and then maybe combine them at the end once you've got the results you need. Yes. Yeah. So uh, just going back to the randomness then, so is there... Are there ways to actually calculate random values with classical computers? No. No. Well, uh, this is called uh, uh, pseudo-randomness. So there are algorithms which, which produce numbers which mimic or seem to be random, but they are not, uh, not random. And the pitfalls of uh, pseudo-random uh, um, algorithms is uh, is huge if if, uh, if you google uh, this pitfalls of uh, uh, pseudo randomness you see uh, well the first one i think was uh, uh, at the beginning of uh, browsers when they uh, use very very simple things uh, but nowadays these are one of the most preferred attacks of casinos yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, casino, well, uh, roulette and other things are based on on on, on, on randomness and, 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 and slot machines, yeah. uh, and they use pseudo-random numbers, which 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 are which are uh, easy to analyze and find patterns. So, could you, in theory, then let's say, let's say I got a job at a casino, 
and I was across. I worked in the bar across from the slot machines, and I set up a little GoPro camera there, and I ran it for a month, and it just watched one slot machine, and it watched what came up and came up and came up. Would I be able to perhaps take that data and then go back and say? Is, are we able to, from this, calculate the the the, the parameters that are that, that are causing the numbers and be able to figure out what the likely next numbers are because it's not a random system? Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, you will need a little bit more sophisticated. And, and for instance, uh, uh, there are there is a, a famous uh, um, situation when uh, in in Missouri. Uh, some 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 Russians were doing exactly what you did, you proposed, but a little bit different. So they came. First of all, uh, a pseudo-random generator works in the following way: you have a seed, mm-hmm. and then you have an amplificator of, of of the randomness, and and the number of seeds could be large. And but the amplifications is is reduced, not too many uh, algorithms. Now, if if I I I, I uh, uh, know the seed and the amplificator, then I know everything. Mm-hmm. No, not with probability for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and uh, of course the casinos from time to time change the seed. And so what these guys did, they 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 came. And and uh, they had an iPhone, and they uh, uh, picked the times when the the seed was changed, ah. and, and 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 then of course they had lots of data, and then to to make it very short, they uh, uh, transmitted to St. Petersburg, and the others uh, gave them their, <laughs> and then they were uh, not not stupid. For instance, uh, uh, they work uh, in a uh, team of four, and um, they were, were smart enough not to win from a slot machine more than a thousand. So yeah. this means uh, no flag. They weren't detected. No, de- but uh, uh, this will, will give this uh, 250,000 uh, US dollars per week. Wow. And, 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 and how they, uh, well, this is on the internet, you can read it, and how they were caught. Because one of the, uh, there is surveillance on all these machines, and, and they say they notice these guys uh, doing this with, uh, with the phone. Uh, now, but then, then the, uh, the company didn't uh, stop, uh, so now they put it under the shirt, and all, all sorts of things. But the end is of everything boils on the correlations they detect because yeah. of the uh, poor quality of randomness. So, could you could you make a random generator in a in a classical computer, if you were to involve some uh, analog components, like things that would decay over time, and you run, some, so you're going to get different time values as you pass a current through a resistor. Well, or, the, I am. Uh, I, I spent my uh, fifteen years on this problem. So uh, uh, the first company uh, which did what is called quantum random generators. So you have, you have a, a, a quantum uh, uh, experiment, and then you measure, and then uh, uh, you get uh, uh, randomness. And um, the first company is called uh, ID Quantique from, from Geneva, 
uh, and uh, 21 years, and they make a lot of money. And they have indeed a small, a small uh, chip nowadays, and, 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 and they produce this. Now, the question is, and as a mathematician is, uh, how to certify this? Yeah. You know, how, how, how... Well, is, is, there, isn't, is there even a, a way to disprove it, perhaps, from the outset by saying... I, I'm going to use a trivial example here. Just, let's say we have a, a resistor, a silicon-based resistor, and the, as we send current through it, we measure the time it takes for the voltage to go up on it. And because that's going to decay with time, we're going to end up getting different values coming out, which may look random. But because we're basing it on this one unit, have we still lost our randomness there? This is a, 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 the most important question is, you, you know, how, as I said in the beginning, you remember, there is no true randomness. There are yeah. only uh, uh, different... Uh, uh, forms of randomness, better or worse, and and uh, uh, you want to certify hmm. your device saying at least these properties are guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. That's this yeah. property, and uh, uh, to 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 make it very short, uh, uh, we 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 uh, use. Uh, uh, a theorem which is called Cohen-Specher theorem, which says the following: that uh, uh, in, in in a space of at least three dimension quantum space, it's called a Hilbert space. If uh, you you can find uh, points or vectors which are value indefinite, what does it mean? Value indefinite? They do not have a value before measurement. Mm -hmm. You remember, mm. you you have something yes. to measure, but those ones are provable not to have a value before they have a measurement. And the moment you measure, this disappears. So uh, we thought that this is a good candidate to build a quantum because of this indeterminism. Yes. So you hopefully you would randomly get a value when you measure well, it. Well, the first question was, can we locate one? Because just because there exists, it's like the lotto, winning lotto on Sunday. You know, it's there, but if I can't take it. So we showed mathematically how to locate it. And the second one, we showed how to to measure it in, in a, a specific way and uh, to produce this uh, uh, quantum random bits. And we have a certification. The certification says no, no algorithm can predict any bit produced with this device. So in particular, we have a proof that pseudo-randomness cannot match the quality. And we patented last uh, year two patents in the US, the first time in my life when I did some quantum physics, uh, say, real. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey, Dr. Kalude, thank you so much for coming in and talking today. It's been really, really interesting. Um, I hope maybe in the future you'll come back again because there's a whole heap more stuff we can talk about, <laughs> but I know you don't have time today. And then I know where you live and it's yeah. beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was fun. That was that was fun. I love listening to you. Yeah, well.